two brothers, two priests. I sit down with the Trummer Brothers. This is Dive Deep. From the Diocese of Springfield in Illinois, this is Dive Deep, where we dive deep into our Catholic faith. I am Andrew Hansen, along with Amber Servany. And you know, our priests have so good vocation stories. Yes, they do. So good, Amber. Yes. And, and I'm excited for this one, actually. And we got two of them. Um, they're two separate stories, but they're related, literally and figuratively, they're related. We got Father Michael Trummer <laughs> and Father Chris Trummer, the Trummer brothers from Nioga, just outside Effingham. Guys, thanks for coming on. Welcome to Dive Deep. Glad to be here, Andrew. Thank you for having us on. It's really exciting. It's an honor. I thought you guys were going to talk at the same time for, for a <laughs> yeah, moment. In yeah. unison. We, sometimes we finish each other's sentences. Yeah. Very nice. That's awesome. I love it. Uh, we're going to get into it because uh, you guys do have some fascinating vocation stories. There's also a really funny story about uh, how you guys even found out about each other even applying to uh, join the seminary. So we're going to get into all that. And, uh, you know, right out of the gate, uh, Father Chris, um, for you, uh, you actually weren't thinking about the priesthood out of college. You, you went to go to an automotive technical school, if I have that correctly. So, you know, at least right out of the gates in your teens, you weren't even priesthood wasn't even on your radar. Yeah, not even remotely. Um, <laughs> um, my faith really wasn't on my radar there for a while. Um, I would say probably from the age of 15 or 16 um, going forward. Um, not really super important part of my life. Um, part of that was just um, kind of rebellious stage, teenage years, high school. Um, and you, I, also, and, I also started to have a lot of doubts. And, and both so. of you grew up in a religious household. Very much so, yeah. My, our, our mom is a cradle Catholic. And my father um, converted to the faith when I was 10 years old. So in like 2000, 2001. Okay. So yeah, you were in an automotive school and we're going to get to pick that story up in just a second. You to Father Michael, um, kind of similar boat, um, not automotive, sure. but chemistry. Um, what was your original game plan? Sure. Well, you know, I should have probably learned a little bit more automotive stuff because my dad was a mechanic. So it was like a free chance to learn stuff, but I was playing video games. So... <laughs> I regret that now because what, what video games? What's that? What kind of video games? Um, you want me to name like specific games? Well, yeah, you're, were you a sports guy? Or were you like a Mario guy? Well, Mario stuff, Mario and Zelda stuff, but also like yeah, good old, good old Call of Duty, Battlefield, <laughs> Team Fortress Two, Staples, Super Smash Brothers. If anyone wants to challenge me, I can still take you. Um, <laughs> don't I don't I don't play anymore, but I I feel pretty confident like I can win. Would you guys play each other? Were you a gamer, Chris? Oh, yeah. yeah. I was a gamer as well. Okay. Definitely. <laughs> All right. So, we did <laughs> So, yeah. Should have. I wish I would have learned more of that stuff. But, yeah. I um, did not think about being a priest originally either. I actually took a year off of school. I was sort of interested in film school. Um, I didn't really do much to investigate, uh, investigate schools, apply for schools, but it was an interest and a hobby of mine. So, I took a year off. Uh, I was working on the Culver's uh, in Effingham. And then for the... Two and a half years after that, I was uh, studying chemistry. It was actually kind of nutrition at first, and then it sort of morphed into to chemistry. Okay. So now in this moment, <clears throat> you're studying chemistry. Actually, you didn't finish your degree because that's when the Holy Spirit started to move. So, sure. so take us now through that part of your life. Sure, sure. So sort of similar to Chris, not the exact same story, but had doubts about my faith. Certainly in high school, scattered. I, I never stopped going to church. Generally, I always believed in God, but there were certain days where I didn't really feel like God was real. Um, kind of had the year off, going into to school for chemistry, and that's really 
really started learning more about my faith. I never initially took that much effort to learn more about my faith, but nice thing as a Catholic is there's so many resources to, to learn about your faith. I mean, actually a big talk that influenced me a lot was uh, Matthew Kelly's best way to live talk. And he says, you know, we're happiest when we do the things that help us become the best version of ourselves, And that's what God wants for us as well. So we talked about reading. So I actually read a book and then I read a book called mere Christianity by CS Lewis. And that really was the, the total game changer. But after that, it was other resources of Catholic radio was a big thing for me. And then once I listened to Catholic radio, I started hearing other, other speakers and like listen to their own talks for like these uh, lighthouse Catholic media CDs, YouTube videos of debates and things like that. And so initially there was that process of really coming to own my faith, coming to understand it. And through that falling in love with the Catholic faith, there was eventually this falling in love with the priesthood. Um, particularly uh, a really big influence of me was Father Mike Schmitz of, of all people. Um, I never met him at this point. We just listened to his his homilies, and that's when I really was drawn to the priesthood specifically. Yeah, and and Father John Titus also played a role yes. in your yes. uh, your vocation story. Yep, yep, excellent he did as well. And I um I did sort of get involved with him a little bit later on the road. Once I was already pretty involved in the Catholic faith, but he certainly um certainly was very positive. Okay. Influence. So you, you apply, and we're going to pause your story there because you, 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 you have your application. Now we'll yeah. go back to you, Father Chris. So again, you're in automotive school, and now all of a sudden, what what changed the gears in your head? See what I did there? Oh. He'll be here all day. <laughs> Is that coming through the transmission? <laughs> <laughs> um, no, so yeah, the automotive thing was really just a, kind of a fallback plan because uh, I had no desire to go to college, um, high school. I really didn't like school a whole lot. Um, I was kind of, it was always smart growing up. I, I did okay in school, but I didn't really put a lot of work into it. And I had my heart set from like my end of my sophomore year of high school, I had my heart set on being in the military and being like an active duty, uh, soldier, like an infantryman, maybe like an army ranger or something. I joined the National Guard my junior year of high school, and my plan was just to kind of get the training. It allowed you to complete your training faster, and so I was going to do that, and then I was going to transfer to active duty, and I was like, I'm going to have this whole, you know, 20-year, whatever more, military career, and I'm going to, you know, have all the coolest gadgets and go to war, and basically trying to live out Call of Duty. We were talking about Call of Duty <laughs> earlier. <laughs> um, no, I just, I just had this desire for adventure. I wanted to do something that mattered, something big, um, and that was kind of just shot down because the the way that the National Guard was deploying and kind of the how often they were using them, like the Illinois Guard and, and other and other states, was that they wouldn't let anybody switch to active duty. So I went from thinking like, oh, I'll definitely do that to like, no, you can't. Hmm. And uh, my unit had just got back from Afghanistan. They're not going to deploy anytime soon. I'm kind of just sitting here in yoga. And I'm like, well, I have to do something. So why don't I just go to school? Like they're going to pay for my tuition. And I'm like, oh, I've always liked um, – uh, at the t- at first, I said, I love exercising, I love lifting weights. I love um, kind of like Michael, the nutrition and the exercise. And so I, I did a couple semesters where I was going to major in exercise science and um, kind of got disillusioned with that very quickly. And was like, what am I really going to do with that degree? It's kind of like you know, four or five years. And uh, so I went back to something practical and just said, like, you know, what? I'm going to stick with what I know. I grew up working on cars with my dad. I'm just going to get an automotive degree, you know, get more technical knowledge and be actually hireable as a mechanic. And at least until I figure out my next move, I'll, uh, you know, I'll just stick with what I know. And in this moment of your life, uh, are you practicing or are things starting to change for you? Like father Michael's, you know, reading books and hearing podcasts, like what, what, what's is something percolating in your life at, at this moment? 
Yeah, I would say whenever I was, um, so I still with my parents, like the first year of college. Um, and then I was still very much practicing going to study mass because it's kind of like I'm living in their house, like I'm going to mass with them. Um, not really so much out of a desire to go myself. Um, I didn't, I never really disliked going to mass. Um, it wasn't like I, I only went because they made me go. Um, but when I moved out um, for like my, my second year of college, when I started the automotive stuff, initially I was kind of flaky and I wasn't always going all the time and I wasn't, definitely wasn't serious about my faith. Um, but that's when the kind of the intellectual journey similar to Michael started. Um, I just got very, I got very dissatisfied. I was kind of living from weekend to weekend and just uh, partying, going to school. Um, I just got very bored. And I think I had a grace to sort of see through like this way of living where it was like, okay, I can keep living for myself, keep just trying to seek the next fun thing. And, um, but like, where is that going to lead in the long term? And I just had this grace to, to say, to kind of project that out and say like, where is this going to, you know, put me in the long term? And I just said, there's gotta be something more than this. Um, so I kind of, I wanted to reinvestigate. I was, I was in a low enough spot and I wouldn't say like a rock bottom, but I was in a low enough spot where I was open to something way bigger, way more. And that opened me to, to revisit my Catholic faith and say like, I'm kind of like on the verge of leaving this behind. Like, I want to be sure that I know what I'm like, what am I walking away from here? Cause it seems like there's this kind of unknown, like this treasure here, but I don't really know much about it. I never really internalized it. Like as an adult, it's like, maybe there's something here. Uh, I should revisit this. And yeah, it was a similar thing with, with reading podcasts, audio, um, all kinds of different resources. Um, and, and, and that's what almost that flipped the switch, not only for your faith, but all of a sudden you had an aha moment of like, I'm going to apply the seminary. Um, I would say within, I, initially I just got very involved in, even though I was at Lakeland College in Mattoon, Illinois, um, the Newman Center at, at Eastern Illinois was, was very close. So I, I started going to that um, because there was a, this community of, of other young people, other young Catholics. And I was like, I want to, you know, meet some other people. I didn't have any friends at the time that were, were really practicing Catholics. So I, was, I just need to find some other people that are interested in this, some other people who, uh, for whom this is important. And it was so um, encouraging and inspiring to see all these other young people uh, led by Father John Titus at the time. And just there's that name again. <laughs> yeah, there he is. Um, just uh, seeing his spiritual fatherhood, um, how many people he had just really helped. Um, lots of little ways um, just walk with people like during their college years, those tough years where people are trying to figure things out. Um, he was so patient. And so, um, yeah, it's just a great listener. And he really, really attended to a lot of people's needs. And so pretty quickly getting involved in that community uh, just as part of wanting to live my faith out, I started to see like the role of the priest in a new highlighted way is like, wow, he is very much the father of this community and he's shepherding this, this group of young people at a very critical time in their lives. And it made the priesthood and he was just so joyful. Um, it, it made it so attractive to me. It's like, this is what an awesome, at first I thought it was just like, it was just admiration. It's like, wow. And it was, it was like, that's beautiful. That's a, a powerful vocation, and that's so awesome. I'm so glad we have priests. I'm so glad we have priests like Father John. Um, but not like thinking of it for myself as like no, 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 no. Like I've I'm kind of a mess, and I don't I don't have everything together. And a big thing was uh, going back to my school thing. I was like, I, I initially as soon as I found out, like oh, yeah, priests usually study for six to eight years. I was like, nope, <laughs> absolutely not. Coming to mind earlier, you're talking yeah. like then you end up choosing something that was a lot of yeah. schooling. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I don't like to write papers. I want to go to school for philosophy and theology. Yeah. <laughs> and now you're tacking on a year. And now you're in Rome. Yeah, yeah you're tacking yeah. on a year. Um, yeah. <laughs> all right. So, so you, so you, again, you're, you're getting all that inspiration, Father Chris, and, and, and all of a sudden you have this moment to apply to seminary. And, you know, as we always say, and I know when we talk to priests, 
if you feel a calling to the, you, you don't have to think you definitely want to be a priest. So I'm going to join the seminary. And I think that's a misnomer. Like you, you have to be for sure. Um, but the, the funny moment for both of you guys is neither of you knew this was happening to each other in terms of a- applying. So uh, I got to start with you, you Father Chris, because um, you found out Father Michael was applying by going home and seeing something. Take, take us through that story. Yeah, that's right. Um, so uh, at the time, again, I was, I was still living out of my parents' house and, and Michael was living uh, with our parents still. Uh, going to school. And so we, we would run across each other, but we were both, Michael was working full time, going to school full time. I was um, working almost full time and going to school full time. So like not living in the same house, being very busy, we just kind of crossed paths and we would have these great conversations about, you know, oh, I read this, uh, you know, this thing or I heard this podcast or check this out. And so we were, we knew that we were both on this journey back into our faith and we were both really excited about that. And we would have these exchanges, um, but it never really, I, I almost never we almost never talked about the priesthood. Neither of you guys um, ever mentioned like, Hey, I got these. I remember, I remember, yeah. I remember one time, like, and this is probably really close to like applying uh, where I said like, Oh, it'd be really cool. Cause we were both like nerding out about like, theology and philosophy. And I was like, Oh, it'd be really cool. Like if you were in seminary, you could study, you know, philosophy and theology. And he's like, yeah, yeah. And I was like, yeah, but it's just way too much school. <laughs> There's no way. <laughs> uh, like, yeah, that'd be awesome. But yeah, yeah. Right. Um, no, but so I knew he was on this journey in his faith. Um, for a while, up until like a few months before uh, we ended up both applying, he had been dating. And so like he was going to school, working, dating. And so, uh, but I knew he was getting very into his faith. Um, then once he was no longer dating, they broke up. Um, so I came to my parents, went to my parents' house, like just a visit I often did. Like most days I would at least stop by there. Um, get some free food. Get some free food. That's exactly. Free laundry. Also, they would babysit his dog a lot. So That's right. Yes, they did. <laughs> Uh, it's not, it's not parents. It's not, yeah. it's not basically okay. their dog. Yeah. I wasn't going to go into the reasons why I was. <laughs> no. Uh, so I go there and I, and I'm just like, I, at this point I had, I had talked to father John. He said like, yeah, you should talk to the vocation writer, father Alfred. And I, I talked to him, got my application and was just initially starting it. Um, and I just came home and I, and I see on the desk and kind of this, in this room, my parents' house where we have our computer set up and stuff. I see this application sitting out. I was like, Oh no, I, I, you know, I left my application. I was like, I, hadn't told everybody in my family yet. I went to like my dad and I go to look at it and I pick it up and it's like Michael Trummer. <laughs> I was like, Oh, <laughs> it, it was, honestly, it's kind of funny because it was, it was like, Whoa, like surprising, but it wasn't, it wasn't like shocking. Like it wasn't, um, I guess that was again, kind of the, the hmm. mutual journey of the, of getting into the faith, um, you know, and then really being part of that, the Newman center and being around Father John, it, it wasn't like, no way. It was more just like, Huh? Like, <laughs> mine, mine was not the same reaction. Mine, say, mine say, was more bewildered. <laughs> well, yeah. say, so, so yeah. take us through your reaction, and then obviously finding out your brother is on the same path as you. Yeah. So my finding out was he talked to Father John Titus the week before me, and I didn't know he had gone there to talk about them. Talk to him about that. So um, Father Michael Meinhart at the time was just. Michael Meinhardt. Um, <laughs> he's not been a priest forever. Um, he recommended talking to Father John Titus. So I was in contact with him, but then I was telling him that I was interested in, I think I actually want to apply for seminary. He had this Father John Titus smile, maybe probably closed his eyes a little bit. Um, said, you know, your brother just came here last week saying the same thing. And I was, I was like really, 
I was really surprised. I mean, I, I didn't know that. Chris Father Chris, you're, you're like, Father Titus, you weren't supposed to say that. <laughs> yeah, it, it wasn't in confession. So. <laughs> He's off the hook. <laughs> he probably thought, he, he probably thought I wanted well, to you, ask him. We need Father Titus yeah. here, too. Yeah, to that's find true. Out. I'm not, I'm not I, heard can his. Can you imagine? Like, like, yeah. up on that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he must have thought, like, well. Well, you you know about your. <laughs> I always I always make a joke about like men and communicating poorly. It's like I didn't. I mean, I didn't think you need to know. Yet. <laughs> you might have told. Yeah, it was me. like it was kind of exciting, but it's also yeah, as men, you're not super vulnerable. Like it was like kind of awkward. It was like so. So, hey, so, so Father Titus says it to you. You're you're you don't have you have like a you almost have like a really. Yeah, I was really really surprised, really surprised. Okay, um, I knew he was getting more into Catholic faith, but I didn't think it was. Yeah, to to that extent, I guess. All right, so now now take us through the conversation. Of eventually, at one point, you two get together after this. Uh, you, you, your investigation figures out each other's yeah. lives. Do you remember that conversation, either of you? Like, hey, man, uh, I think it was uh, kind of awkward. I, was, yeah, I don't remember. I must have suppressed it. it must have been so awkward. No, it was just like, yeah, it's like you're blind or something. It's just like, <laughs> yeah, not making eye contact. I don't, I don't know why it was awkward. I don't know. Just like. <laughs> Yeah, it's a big thing. And I, I guess, yeah, it's sort of like um, if you don't know that that's been going on for that person, it's kind of like, oh, it's like a, like a sense of like maybe you, th- you thought you knew more than you did about them or where they were at. And then it's kind of like, oh, like you had this whole thing going on. And we're on the same thing, on the same journey. Um, I, mean, I think we always kind of think we know our siblings, right? Like we just like, I mean, I talk for my siblings all the time. Like I think I know what's going on in their life. And so that would be a shock because you're like, wait a minute. I thought I knew the situation. I think that's really yeah. understandable. Yeah. Yeah. I think there was like actually this pretty big excitement, but it's like, no men just be contained, be cool. <laughs> you guys are like, Father Trummer, who's going to be Father Trummer? Yeah. These guys stole <laughs> my name. going to be Father Trummer. <laughs> yeah. Arm wrestled and he won. <laughs> yeah. Now, um, We'll get into, you know, life as a priest and your advice and kind of going forward for both of you. But during the course of your, your story there, what struck me is you grew up in a devout home and both of you mentioned you fell away from the faith and were almost, you know, in some pretty dark times and and even contemplating, I feel almost like piecing out in, yeah. in a sense. And I think, you know, sometimes that I think that's shocking to people like, oh, my gosh, you grew up in such and now you're a priest. Like, what what the heck happened? But I think it's actually a story of redemption. And again, how. As parents, I look at myself and anyone who's listening who's a parent who does ha- who has a, a young adult, a teen who has fallen away to continue those prayers, even though you're doing everything you can to raise your child because you don't know the way God's going to work in the end. Um, what do you guys think about when you when you think back on your story and now here here you are today? You're like, yeah, I wasn't see- didn't see that one coming. <laughs> yeah, it's a it was a it's a really powerful testimony for my parents, right? True faith and confidence in God and how, how, yeah, I mean, it's, it's really unbelievable when I think about it um, because there was no reason like when I was 16 or 17 years old for my parent, I mean, they had, they would have every right to kind of be like, yeah, he's doing his own thing, like kind of give up on me. Um, but they never did. And they, they always, you know, prayed for me and they, they never, they're very consistent, um, stable example of like love, unconditional love. And the, the kind of image that always comes to my mind is, like the, the, the prodigal son, and it's uh, really being convicted my whole life from a young age and all the way through my teen years, even when I was being super difficult, super unreasonable, and just um, rebelling against them, even though they were loving me as best they could, um, being convinced of their love for me, no matter what, like their unconditional love, and to, to the point that when I got to a really low place, I always knew, like, I can go back to mom and dad. Like, I can go back to them. Um, and just having that sense of, like, that stability and... 
confidence and, and, and love and just that nothing that I do will, will end that love. And when you start to believe in that, I think you kind of, you kind of, you also are maybe more open to the source of that kind of unconditional love. It's like, I can always go back to my heavenly father. Um, that was yeah a huge gift. If I hadn't had them, I don't know where I, it wouldn't be a sense of like coming back to anything. Yeah. I think our mom was probably like a St. Monica of sorts. And Chris is kind of like the Augustine. Um, I'll take that. I was asking my mom, I was asking my mom, like what doctor of the church. I was asking my mom, what stage was it most difficult to raise his kids when like me and my twin were one. And then Chris would have been like two and a half. And then my other brother would have been like four or five. Yeah, um, yeah. It's like, what stage is the hardest? And she was like, Chris in high school. I was like, Oh, I was thinking more like she didn't hesitate. Early on, so. she, knew. she knew. And she said, Chris in high school, not Michael in high school. Yeah. So, um, you are, just, you are the Augustine of the family. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I guess with people who have children away from the faith too. Yeah. I mean, there is more you can do than prayer in terms of if you can have more spiritual conversations with your kids. I know that's not an option for a lot of parents, but a lot of, you know, um, our spirituality is about faith and, and waiting. Like so much of, uh, Israel's history is this sort of waiting for God to bring redemption. And there's this uncertainty of how he's going to do it, when he's going to do it. So for parents to, to really believe in the power and prayer and like, it's more powerful than to pray and wait and faith and hope than it is to try to be overly active. Um, so again, if, if people can't have spiritual conversations with their kids, that's great. But I, I, again, I do realize it's not always possible. So Andrew described your family as, as devout, but can you, can you give like an example? What was it like in your home? So you went to mass. Was there a prayer? Was, did you talk about vocations growing up? What was, what was some of those things like that kind of led you to this ultimately? Yeah. Um, for me, I have a lot of concrete memories of, I mean, certainly Sunday mass and like going to PSR classes. And that was just always like, you know, that was an unquestionable priority of going to mass. And it, it was always very clear that that was kind of like, like if we don't do anything else, like we're going to get to the mass. Um, so just that, that's like a huge thing. And I think for people who grew up always going to Sunday mass, like we can underestimate how that's not always a thing for some people, um, that their parents always made sure they went to mass. So there's even that in itself is a huge gift, but I have so many memories of like being a young, young kid, um, very impressionable and coming, coming downstairs, like really early in the morning, you know, six in the morning. And my mom just sitting there reading her Bible, drinking coffee um, and just praying the scripture. And I would just sit next to her and she would maybe read aloud for a while or whatever. But she's like, she was a woman of deep faith. Um, she's, she is a woman of deep faith. And Did you two ever play mass? Nope. Nope. I don't, I don't think so. No, not until recently. <laughs> 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 that's that's good. All right, Father uh, Father Michael, um, you've been a priest now for about a year. Uh, your brother, newly ordained. What's your advice for your brother? Have you guys have you have you talked about it over the past year as he's been you know gearing up all the way now to you know being ordained recently? Have you guys talked advice, even logistics of being a priest? Well, what's what's been those conversations been like? Yeah, um, I guess maybe it's not so much been like tips or advice, but it's more been talking about things I'm learning in my experience of when I pray, my schedule, how to divide up my time, how to prioritize. And those are conversations we're having, have been having all along. I mean, in, in some sense, um, those types of conversations, but um, 
but now it's just through the lens of my experience as a priest. And he, in a certain sense, it's, he hasn't been a priest this past year, but intellectually we're on a very similar page that it's just kind of been, um, just brought sort of new topics for, for conversation basically. And you guys, were you guys, you, even though Father Chris, you've been in Rome for several years, you guys have stayed in pretty constant contact as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and then in college seminary, we were, we were in college seminary together for two oh, and a half years. Okay. Yeah. Same roommates for two of those years. Oh my. Bunk beds for <laughs> two of those years. <laughs> top of that. This is yoga take two. I was top yes. bunk. That's right. I wasn't climbing up that thing. <laughs> do, you, do you guys have any, have any brotherly moments? Little ever, ever get any fist, fist fights or anything like no, that? No, we were very, it was very peaceful. Yeah. Um, we had very similar kind of sort of habits and stuff. And I think, yeah, just routines. <laughs> now, Father Chris, um, Tell us about your the next year. You're unique because you're heading. You've been in Rome, studying at the at the North American College. Um, you're back at Rome. Um, what are you going to be doing there for the next year? That's right. So this past year, I, I had started a, a license, uh, which is kind of like a post post grad degree, a, a licentiate in moral theology at the Pontifical University of the Holy Cross, which is run by the Opus Dei. Um, so I started that this past year. It's a moral theology degree. So moral theology, for those who don't know, is kind of like focusing on like studying like grace and conversion, um, sin, how we can grow in virtue, how we can avoid vice. Um, so kind of looking at the Christian moral life and how we um, unite our spiritual life, our moral life, and become more integrated and more um, effective at bearing fruit in the world, you know, um, allowing God's grace to, to change us and to work in us. So I've been studying that for the last year, and I will have, I have one more year to go on that degree. So this coming year, I'll be finishing that. Kind of focusing on, um, trying to focus on bioethics um, in a particular way. That's a very, a huge need. Um, Big just, need, especially yeah. what we're seeing across the country right absolutely, now. Absolutely, absolutely. So yeah, I'll be I'll be finishing that degree and writing a, a thesis paper um, on that. On moral theology. Boy, for someone who who hated school, yeah, it's really it's like going to like the deepest shows you what God can do. Yeah, yeah. when you yeah. find something you really love. Um, yeah. In Italian. Yeah, that's right. In Italian, do you have you do you dream in Italian? I do sometimes dream. I have, I don't have these long um, you know operas of dreams, but <laughs> usually very mundane phrases. But yeah, um, yes. Now, um, okay, so you'll be back in our diocese, uh, presumably um, after you you finish your degree at the NAC. What are you looking forward to about being a priest the most? I mean, you are a priest. So, I mean, what are you looking forward to? I guess as you begin this journey now, as you as you look ahead, I think. Just meeting all kinds of people and like getting to getting to see where people are at and just diving into helping people in their in their everyday lives. Um, I'm also really excited about like priestly fraternity and seeing like it, connecting with all the other priests in our diocese, especially being in Rome. You can feel very. I mean, you're obviously you're you're constantly uh, living out your vocation and your formation as a seminarian, as a deacon, you, you, you never forget that because you're around everybody else that's doing it, but you might only have, you know, I've only had a couple guys from our diocese. So the sense of like being part of a presbyterate and being part of the diocese of Springfield specifically, and what's, you know, the joys of that and the opportunities of that, it's kind of, it's very distant, it's very remote. And so to kind of get, become part of the presbyterate and to reconnect with people that I already know, to meet other priests that I haven't met yet, and to just be like part of this fraternity, like it's a brotherhood of priests. And so like we're all working together and I'm excited to, to become like, you know, fully yeah, engaged in that rather than just, a you know, a, a, something on my name tag, you know, <laughs> Diocese of Springfield. Oh yeah. That's where I'm from. Father Summer, what, what's been, what's been the most joyful thing the past year as a priesthood or anything that's been like totally unexpected? Like, wow, I wasn't expecting this. This is awesome. 
I really do just love the variety, you know, the variety of experiences you have in accompanying people as a priest. Um, you know, I have had days where it's, I'm like doing a silly dance with like the preschoolers or something. And then I'm actually, you literally were doing, doing that. Dance. Well, and it wasn't preschoolers. It, it, it was high schoolers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Video, yeah. It's, it's, that's sure. quite the views. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, very good. Very good dance good. skills. Yeah. I, I was impressed. Yeah. Was actually, impressed. Just, seriously, you're very yeah. good to Thank memorize you. all that. Are, are you good? Do you dance? Like you know, I do like to dance, but I, I don't know if I could pull that off. I mean, <laughs> yeah. We'll see. <laughs> so dancing one day, you Chris, the, the later in the day. That's yeah. Yeah. And you know, I've had days where it's like, yeah, preschool, high school, funeral, yeah. um, some sort of book study. I don't know. Con- confessions. Um, there's quite the, quite the variety. I, I love seeing people in all stages of life, and particularly just having like this, in a certain sense, this instant trust with people, you know, because you're a priest and, you know, it's fine in normal relationships we sort of build up, but it's cool just to kind of get straight to the, sometimes the things that really matter and are happening in people's lives. Now, the summer, it's also funny because, Father Chris, you are at Decatur with your brother at Our Lady of Lords, along with our good friend, Father Michael Friedel. So, um, the name situation. What, what are you? What are you guys gonna? What's what's the game plan? I'm open there? to I'm open to suggestions. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in constant turmoil. I'm thinking, you know, the, the, right now it's Father Friedel and Father Tremor, and I will concede the the family name, even though I had it first. And <laughs> in my humility and generosity, I will let Michael keep that name, and I will be Father Chris. That's fine. I was hoping he wouldn't concede, so I can, <laughs> so I can oh, go okay. by. So I can start going by my middle name. Ah, yes. But um, there's Father Thomas. There's a lot of roadblocks. People trying to stop me from going by Father Thomas, but that's do, okay. Do you guys ever? Uh, that's always my question for new priests. Do you guys want to go by your first name or your last name? Is that even like? Uh, do, do priests decide that question, or is it yeah. just whoever whoever catches on at the parish? Is that just what Actually, you become? I think it's kind of both. Yeah. Some people just like calling someone by their last name for whatever reason. Um, some sort of, um, yeah, some prefer first, some prefer last name. I don't have a strong preference on either. Awesome. Well, great story, guys. And uh, Father Chris, good to see you back here in Springfield, even though it's just for the summer. But, you know, again, you got the year up back in Rome and we'll see you back here after that. Love the story because it's just, well, it's funny on many levels. And I guess that's it's a reminder to communicate to your siblings. Maybe you might find yeah. something out about them. You had, you had never yeah, our, only, our only sibling priests in the diocese. You but, oh, that's true. Actually, you know, I did want to ask you this before we sign off, because you mentioned you have two other siblings. Well, how, how did they take the news of their brothers joining the seminary at the same time? Do you guys remember that? Not particularly. I think they were supportive, but surprised, like didn't see it coming either. Um, yeah, they they weren't, didn't say tons of things um, either way I think they were like wow like that's really really cool <laughs> surprise yeah it was um that kind of kind of came to fruition a little bit with um our sister Katrina um it's Michael's twin last last summer um she had she had she gave birth to boy girl twins so she's a you know girl part of a girl boy twin <laughs> twinship and then she gave she gave birth to twins and then Michael and I each uh, baptized one of them and then uh-huh. we're the, the, oh, god, the godfather for that's the other. cool so uh, yeah. it's a good thing she had twins so the next niece or nephew <laughs> you know what are you guys gonna do yeah or or wedding, yeah. Or, yeah well the next niece niece and nephew are actually boy and girl twins that's so right. from our older brother oh my goodness <laughs> 
So this is a God thing. So from here yeah. on out, every single wow. is just going to be a, it's a twofer. So you guys, are my parents probably think they're just cross-eyed or something like that, like seeing double all the time. Your proper state, your rock, paper, scissors. My brother and I would serve uh, growing up every single Sunday, and neither of us wanted to ring the bells during the consecration. And so we would, before, right when we dress the altar, we dump in the side and we play a three game series of rock, paper, scissors. And whoever lost had to ring the bells. You didn't want to ring the bells, man. I didn't want to ring the I bells. I wanted to ring the bells. That's interesting. I felt like it was like too much pressure. Too intimidating. Yeah. You know what's also funny? No one ever told me that you ring the, the warning bells when the priest puts his hands oh, over right. there. No one told me that growing up as an altar. So I always had to kind of like guess. I'm like, I'm pretty sure this is. Uh, yeah, yeah. We'll, 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 give, we'll give a little warning right now. I can see why you didn't want to do that. <laughs> yeah. It's, it was, it was it's a I lot thought, when you're like eight or nine years old. It's like, I mean, you got a lot of stuff going on. Man. So yeah, quick three game series, knocked it out. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. <laughs> Father Chris Trummer, Father Michael Trummer, thank you guys both. Thank you for your vocation as well and uh, coming here on Dive Deep. Thanks for thank having you. us. You got Great. it. If you'd like more podcasts, head on over to dial.org slash podcast. We've got some other vocation stories there as well. A recent one with Father Marty Smith and Father Wayne Stock, also just as entertaining, so make sure to check that out. Dial.org slash podcast. Until next time, we'll see you right here on Dive Deep.